Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks guys, talk to you soon. Welcome to the show. I'm Travis Chappell, and I chat with some of the world's top business influencers, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs in order to crack the code of networking. I believe that who you know is more important than what you know, and that your relationships ultimately determine the person that you become. So if you want to learn the new way of connecting, if you want to fill your network with quality people and skyrocket your results, then you're in the right place, because this is the Build Your Network Podcast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Build Your Network. Today is one of our very first BYN breakdowns where we are going to uh, open up the archives, go back into some past episodes, and really break down some of the things that we've learned here on the show in the past few years. So, Eric, who do we have on deck for today? So, I wanted to look at a clip from Evan Carmichael. Um, we turned this into a blog post a while back, but I thought it would be good for one of these episodes. Um, so, Evan is an introvert. Uh, but he talks about in this clip how he became kind of a good networker in spite of being an introvert. So I wanted to play through a couple clips and try to pull away like four or five takeaways uh, from Evan's talk with you about networking. So I'll go ahead and play the first little bit here. I'm introverted. It may not come across on stuff like this, but I, I never talk to the person next to me on the airplane. Yeah. I don't say hi. I could probably same exact way. I could probably use a lot of your coaching of like how to how to do better <laughs> and stuff. Um, and I, I don't know if you know Charlie from Charisma on Command. Have you ever seen that YouTube channel? Um, wait, what's the of the... Charisma on Command is oh, yeah. the YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. So Charlie runs the channel. Yeah. And, and uh, we met at an event, a YouTube event. And he then later made a video. He was like, hey, Evan, I, I want to make a video about you. Is that okay? I'm like, yeah, of course, go yeah. for it. And the video was, I met Evan Carmichael, this master networker. Like, master networker? How am I the master <laughs> networker, right? Yeah. And so, like, I was curious as to watching why. So some specific strategies for introverts, since I will never go up 
unless I know the person, I need to make that introduction and get something, mm-hmm. for the most part, I don't. So how do I do it? One, I speak at events. So I speak and then people come and talk to me after. Yep. I'm not going up and... I don't attend many events that I'm not actually speaking at. Yeah. But I've, I've created a lot of, I'm more on the marketing than on the sales. I've created a lot of marketing engine that people know me, like you asked to come interview me, so here we are. Yep. Amazing, right? So creating that honeypot that people want to fly into instead of being out. So I speak at a lot of events. Okay, so I was surprised when you said you're an introvert because I didn't think of you as an introvert till you said it. Um, are you actually introverted or did you just say that? Because <laughs> we were talking <laughs> the episode. No, I, I, I definitely am an introvert, at, at least introverted tendencies. And, and I don't know what people's definitions are. Because I remember one time I was on an interview with um, um, with Ivan Meisner, who's the you know founder of Business Networking International. You know, CNN calls him the father of modern networking. Right. He's one of the first big you know people that I got on my You're show. You're his and, son. You're and, the son of networking. <laughs> so we had a conversation about like introvert versus uh, extrovert, and I was saying, yeah, I, I don't really like. It definitely takes a lot of my energy to be around people. I don't. I, I'd almost a lot of times rather be by myself and stuff. And he's like, "Well, it sounds like you're a situational extrovert, which basically means that like you be, you can become an extrovert if, when you find yourself in a situation where you need to be an extrovert. When you're doing so, sales or yeah, something sure. like that, yeah. So that's what I started classifying myself as. And then I was on another interview with uh, Chris Gillibo, um, who's the author of several different best selling books, and his his tag on Instagram is at 193 countries because he hit all the countries in the world before he was. 30 or 35 or something like that traveled to every country. And, uh, so it's, and I was having this conversation with him and he said he was an introvert. And then I told him that I felt like I was a situational extrovert, you know, and he was like, well, it sounds like that's just basically a fancy thing for calling yourself an introvert. And, uh, like that just means you're an introvert an introvert that works on it. You know what I mean? And and works on, and on those extroverted, you know, um, type of situations. So I, I would classify myself more as an introvert for the, you know, um, classic definitions, which is basically like, do do people, does, does getting around people and hanging out with other people fuel you up or does it drain you? And for the majority of the time, it definitely drains me. Um, yeah. I, I, I miss it now, obviously being in with COVID, I, I miss, I miss going to events and hanging out with people and stuff like that. But while I'm there, like when, if I do multiple events in a row, I, I am dead at the end of the week, yeah. just, just from the sheer amount of conversations that I'm having with people. It, it definitely, definitely drains me. So I, I am for sure more on the introvert part of that spectrum. Yeah, I think I feel like I do good when it's like one on one, or if I'm speaking to a group of like a, a bunch of people, or, but if like you, it, or if you have a drink or two, or if I, if I have a <laughs> drink or two, um, a drink or two in a hot tub will get get me a long <laughs> way. But but no, it's it's I think it's really um, for me. It's when I'm in a crowd of people, and I don't know what to do. Like for me, it's like overload. I'm like, do I talk to them? Do I not talk? Am I? Yeah. And right. I always assume I'm like the most annoying person there, and I might be right. <laughs> and so like I get scared to engage. But then like also when it comes to public speaking, I don't get super nervous when I do that because I feel like I have some control and I I know what's expected for me to be saying what I'm saying. Um, So Evan talks about that. Obviously, you know, he likes going up on stage because that kind of draws people to him afterward. Yeah. But of course he gets on stage. He has like 2 million YouTube subscribers. So it's easier to get on stage. If someone's listening and they want to be speaking on a stage and have that kind of authority where people want to come and talk to them. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is uh, the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. What's the best place to start with that? Yeah, it starts with building your personal brand, I think, because unless you want to be the per like you can you can take a different approach. Like um what's his name? Pete Vargas <clears throat> talks a lot about pitching and winning stages and he's made an incredible career out of it. And he's spoken at you know, he spoke at ten X when there was in um when it was in the Marlin Stadium in front of like twenty five, thirty thousand people or something like that. He's spoken at the White House, he's he's gotten on stage a lot of places and he literally teaches a system where you like pitch people to yeah. go speak on their stages and stuff. So um, I, I know that I know that that's obviously if you want to be a speaker and just a speaker, then there are definitely ways to increase the amount of interactions you're having with event organizers and pitch those people why you're good for their stage. But if you want to do what Evan's talking about, where he's basically just like letting people come to him, he's doing more marketing rather than sales. He's pulling people in rather than having to go find them. Um, then I think it starts with your personal brand, which is obvious with with what Evan does. The reason he gets those gigs is exactly what you said is that he has an audience of two million people. And you got to think about it from the from the event organizer's perspective is what does this person want to see from me in order for right. them to choose me as one of the speakers in their lineup? And uh, nine times out of 10, what that event organizer wants is butts in seats. That's their job. How do I get people to show up for this event? How do I right. sell tickets and how do I get people into these into these seats? And so if you have a personal brand, you already have an audience that exists somewhere in the world outside of that person's influence and in their event, then you're going to be getting a lot more gigs than other people who may not have that audience. Even if you might, even if you're more qualified or maybe you're even a better speaker, whatever it is, like they're going to choose the person that's going to help them put butts and seats because that's what their job is. Right. right. So if you, that's why you should work on your personal brand outside of that. And that's why I'm so big on people getting into podcasting too, is that when you're working on content all the time and building your personal brand through content, there's several things that are happening. First of all, you're becoming a better communicator yourself. You're becoming a better speaker yourself. You're working through your frameworks. You're working through your speeches all the time on episodes just like this. Like right. we can take this episode and turn it into a speech about like how to network for introverts. And that can right. easily be a speech somewhere, right? So like you can, you can work through your messaging, work through your communication, uh, work through your approaches and your frameworks and the things that you're trying to teach as a quote unquote thought leader. Um, but you're also building an audience at 
at the same time so that, you know, like I said, if somebody's looking at you and they're looking at somebody else and pretty much everything's the same, like in terms of your accomplishments, what you've done in life and, you know, the books you've written or whatever the, whatever the, you know, uh, things are that they're looking at, that they're stacking up, you know, each speaker against, but one of you has an audience and the other one does not, uh, nine times out of 10, the person with the audience is going to be the person that the, that the event organizer chooses to speak because they can help put some, some butts and seats for them and help them sell some more of the, uh, the tickets that they're trying to sell. So, um, so yeah, that, that would, that would be one of the biggest things that I would say is start working on your personal brand, build up your audience somewhere, somehow on whatever platform you're wanting to do that on. Um, even if it's like a meetup group or something like that, right. if you have people that are following you and willing to take action on something that you say, then you're going to have, have a lot easier time finding people to say yes to allowing you to be on their stage. No. Yeah. No, it sounds like branding is really important, especially, um, and Evan's about to talk about this in the next clip. As you become more familiar and your brand becomes more well-known, that's going to be a magnet in and of itself of people knowing, oh, that's Travis, the networking guy. That's Evan, the YouTube guy. That's, you know, fill in the blank with whoever that is. So mm-hmm. um, here in this next clip, he talks a little bit about how branding helps him at events. Two, whenever I'm at an event, I always wear my branded gear. So if it's an entrepreneur event or a YouTube event, people will recognize I got Evan Carmichael Believe on the back and the airplane. And so it's like, oh, I think I know that guy. And it, I've seen that somewhere. Yeah. And the people come up and, and right. they say, are you the guy? And it creates a conversation. Yeah. Right. If now it's easy because I have a brand. But if I didn't, then I would I would try to have something that would cause attention on myself. Right. It's like these shoes. People always ask me about these shoes. These like these Japanese wrap shoes. Oh, yeah. People mm-hmm. always say, where'd you get those shoes? Right. Right. And, and so doing something that then people will come to me yeah. instead of me reaching out. So whether, whether you like cowboy hats or some crazy jersey or chains or whatever, something that creates conversation to make it easy for people to find you. Do you feel like you've tried that? Or I know, you get a, I know you've done the hat and people crap on your hat a lot. I don't know why. But, um, that one? Yeah. The Belgian network yeah. in the video. Um, but yeah, have you tried that with your stuff and you've, have you found that helpful yeah, when I, you're at events? I, I don't do a lot of this. Uh, the reason being is that I don't feel it's like supernatural for me. I, I don't typically wear a bunch of like weirder stuff or even like that's just not something that I take a lot of pride in. Like my wardrobe basically consists of like black and white t-shirts and jeans. Like that's pretty much what I wear right. wherever I go. Um, so I, I, there's not really much for me to do that makes that better. Um, so I would say, I would say you can do this one, but do it if it feels natural to you and do it if it's something that's like genuine and authentic to you. Don't try to like, don't, don't try to, you know, do something just for the sake of drawing attention in. If you feel like that's not an accurate representation of who you are, because, um, because then you're just attracting the wrong people to you, right? Right. Like you're attracting people, but that's not always the goal. The goal is to attract people who are like you. And if you're attracting people that are like the person that you're trying to put on, then those are the people that you're going to get. So I would just say, do it if it feels natural to you. Like a a friend of mine, Jesse Cole, um, he is famous for wearing this yellow tux everywhere he goes and he owns a baseball team called the Savannah bananas. And so like when he bought the team and rebranded it and did all that stuff, he basically made that a part of who he is. So like whenever you see him at these events, like he's literally dressed the nines in this yellow tux with like a yellow top hat and goes around and people just know that like Jesse, that's the guy with the yellow tux. Like, Oh, the guy with the yellow tux. Oh, they got the, like everybody knows him at an event because he's the only dude walking around in a like yellow tux. You know, it's kind of looks like the, uh, um, the orange tux that Jim Carrey wears and dumb and dumber. You're talking about complete with the top hat. Like he, that's just this thing. And he's owned that thing. And, uh, he wears that at at his, all, all of his home baseball games. Like he's, he, he's turned it into like a, a, um, you know, PT Barnum style baseball team where they're doing a lot of fun things, but they went from never, 
never selling tickets to being sold out for like every home game that they yeah. have. So, and he's turned that into his personal brand. But if that's not you, like that's just not me. I'm not going to be the guy to show up. Like I don't even like wearing a tux in general yeah. or a suit in general. Cause I had to all the time growing up. So you're I just more like don't chains. Like yeah. The, right. Yeah. The, chains. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but so, so I just don't, don't really do a lot of that stuff. Like the most crazy thing you'll see me wear is like red shoes with like a black shirt and, and some jeans. So, yeah. um, yeah, I would just say, I would just say, do it if it feels natural to you. Uh, but don't, don't, don't push it on this one. If it doesn't feel like, you know, if you're not going to be comfortable the whole time because you're, you know, like yeah. in this weird thing that you made yourself do because you thought it was a good idea for quote unquote networking sake. Like, I don't think that that's, I don't think that that's something that you have to be doing. Right. Well, and, and whatever you choose to wear is going to say something too. So like you said, if you attract the wrong people, if you do go in with the Rolex and the, yeah, and sure. the salesman look, you're going right. to be attracting the salesman type right. person. If you have Who the may chains, not be your crowd. And maybe right. that is your crowd. Then that's great. Then, then, then wear the Rolex. If you're the bookish and, introvert, you don't want to be rocking yeah. chains too. Right. And it depends. <laughs> and it depends yeah. on your industry too. Like my buddy, yeah. my buddy, Bill Jennings, the dude is always dressed to the nines. He always was wearing like a custom suit and custom shirts and like, his hair's done perfectly. Look, seems like he gets his hair cut like once every three days or something. Like he, he's always looking, he's always looking his best, but he's in the financial industry. Yeah. So like he's in an industry that demands a very, very high level of trust from every single one of the clients that he gets so that he dresses to be that part because he knows that that's, what's going to attract his ideal clients into his business. So like that, that's another thing too. And plus, you know, that, that is, that is him. That's what makes him feel good about himself and what makes him feel confident in those situations is being able to be that guy. Right. And, uh, and he pulls it off and does a killer job with it. So, um, it, it just really is like play into your personality and know, know what, uh, know what you're going to be comfortable in for sure. Right. We're podcasters. <laughs> so yeah, this is pretty exactly. much it. This is the uniform. Yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, we talked a little bit about, uh, speaking events, wearing branded gear and I am that draws attention, but here's his last tip. I thought it was pretty interesting. And, uh, I think for some introverts, they might, uh, they might, uh, cringe a little bit at the thought of this. So next, I always go to the middle of the busiest room. Ah. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're done already. Yeah. Anybody, I pull up my phone and I start doing IGDMs. And what it does is it, it creates energy. So instead of being like at the back of the room on the phone or in my room or whatever, I go to the middle of the room and I'll just start doing IGDM responses. Now, I get a lot of people DMing me, but if you're just starting, you don't have a lot of people following. Look at how many people follow you. Maybe you have 100 people. How many people follow you on Instagram? Uh, 27,000. 27,000. Now it's like 37,000. I just want to, this is an old video. <laughs> like it's a huge number. Somebody watching, maybe you have 50. Awesome. Make a, make a video message for all of your 50. Say, Hey Jim, thank you so much for following me. I really appreciate you. Send next, right? Yeah. You have 27,000. <laughs> Go all day. <laughs> be busy. Yeah. Right. And then, but what that does is it, 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 it raises your energy and then people see it. Yeah. And then as soon as I'm done one of the messages, invariably somebody's going to come up and talk to me afterwards. Yeah. And so that gives permission to create the conversation. Then in the conversation, uh, I'm introverted, and I think one of the strengths of it is I listen well. I like to hear their story. Yeah. I, don't, I always argue that. I, I'm, an, I'm very much introverted myself. I always yeah. argue that introverts make better networkers than extroverts because of that one thing. But yeah, go ahead. You listen, you listen better. Mm-hmm. And so I'm always listening, and I'm trying to find ways that I can help them. So Charlie came up, and he... I never met him before. I knew about his channel. He knew about mine, whatever, create an opportunity. And, and he started talking about how he wanted to write a book. And so I said, hey, I've got a, I've got a literary agent. Do you want me to introduce you to my lit agent? Here's the thing she's going to look for. Here's what, and so we had a half-hour discussion around the lit agent. And then he was looking at doing a TV show. And then there was a panel about 
TV shows. Yeah. And so I introduced him to the guy who was doing I didn't even know the guy. I just said, hey, Charlie wants to do a TV show. You, you do funding for TV shows. Like, you guys should connect. And then a buddy of mine, uh, Sean Cannell, if you know Sean. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He's, was, he's a Vegas guy. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, great. Local for you. I've with him in a couple weeks. Yeah. So, so he has his YouTube show, Look Into Interview Influencers. I've been on the show uh, at least two times. And he said, hey, Sean, you looking to interview more people? Like, Charlie from Charisma Command is here. Do you want to talk to him? Like, yeah, I love an introduction. And so yeah. I introduced them. I go to the value add. Right. And so I'm not even thinking about that naturally. I'm just, yeah. I'm just, trying, to, I'm just trying to help. Yeah. Like, you, you, I'm listening. Mm-hmm. And then here, how can I help? And that, I'm a master networker now, apparently. Right. Right? So, but honestly, yeah. you are. Yeah, that's, yeah. What it, that's, that's it. What that's it how it is. That's all it is. Even though I think I'm it's the worst networker of all time. Yeah. Looking for the way that yeah. you can just add some value and help out. That's yeah. all it is. Yeah. It's really as, as simple as that. Yeah, so this is, this is a really good one. And, and not even saying specifically the DM strategy that he's talking about being the, the main thing to look for here. It's the principle of why that strategy works, which he kind of alluded to when, when he was kind of giving the explanation there, which is basically that you are opening yourself up to networking opportunities, meaning that you are your body language is that of somebody who's willing to have a conversation and not of somebody who's not willing to have a conversation. And this is one of the really, really big things that people miss, miss a lot of times because uh, a lot of people forget about the uh, the uh, fifty five thirty eight seven rule seven seven thirty eight fifty five rule is 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 what it is yeah so fifty five percent of communication is body language thirty eight percent of communication is tonality and facial expression and then seven percent is the words that we say it's something like that if it's not exactly that um, but uh, but but which tells us that a lot of what we do a lot of our communication is done without even saying a word so. Yeah. What he's talking about here is going to the center of the room where most of the conversations are happening and then pulling up your phone and doing like DM videos back and forth to somebody and then, and then having an open body language when you, when you go to hit send and just kind of looking around and doing like a quick sweep of the room before you get back into another DM that just tells people that you're somebody that uh, is willing to talk to you instead of yeah. sitting in the back corner on your phone with a hoodie on or whatever. Where people are just, I don't want to bother you. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. And, right. and, and they should be reading some of those social cues because sometimes you don't want to be bothered and, and you're dealing with a situation that you don't want to be dealing with and you close your body language off on purpose um, to do those things. So, uh, but, and then going to high traffic areas is another big thing. Like I spent a lot of time hanging out by the bar um, in, in some networking You'll always situations. find people at the bar. Yes, exactly. Well, you'll find a lot of people too at the bar who are not really comfortable in the situation that they're in and right. that's probably why they're at the bar. And so you can kind of you can kind of be that uh, catalyst for some of those people who are even more nervous about the situation that they're in than you are. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I'll just kind of stand by the bar with a drink and then just have a really open body language to anybody that's coming by at a super high traffic area like that. So that super high traffic area and then having body language that suggests that you're willing to have a conversation. Those two things I think are really huge because again, it draws people into you and you don't have to be the one to go out and instigate those, those conversations and things like that. So, um, yeah, definitely, definitely a huge one, uh, there from Evan on that one. So I think it's creating like the hardest part is probably creating the, the conversation that people will talk to you or like going up and approaching to me sounds terrifying. And, and, and now that I say that sounds terrifying, I need to attack it and do it just because, (laughs) right. You should. Right. But, but, um, so I do it through marketing. I do it through speaking. I do it through branding. I do it through having something unique. I do it through raising my energy with the, with the video DM. So specific tactics that people can leverage so that people come and find you. Cause if you're buried in the corner at the, at the event and head down and, 
nothing you know, exceptional happening, but nobody's going to want to talk to you. And then, and then you'll probably leave after 45 minutes and say, this sucks, and I wasted my money coming here, and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. um, I've had a lot of great opportunities that came. So to your original question, I guess, right? Like even meeting Charlie. I actually went to say hi because I knew his face, and I was a fan of his channel. And then, then he made a video about me, yeah. and his channel's bigger than mine. And at the time, I had, I don't know, 400,000 subscribers. He had over a million. Mm-hmm. And now I got featured on this channel, yeah. a million plus people, without asking. Right. Just because exactly. I without just tried asking. to help him out. The value add and the relationship is the biggest takeaway here because I actually had this question recently. Somebody asked about um, how, how do you get on big shows, right? Like I, my, my, my team pitches podcasts all the time. We don't really have a problem getting on like a lot of podcasts right. and things. But what about the bigger shows? Like, because we're having a uh, trouble getting on some of those those bigger audiences and um, this is a question that uh, that a lot of people have and this has always been the answer to me the answer to getting on the biggest channels with the biggest audiences is always the relationship that you have with the person who runs them because the bottom line is once you're past a certain number of 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 viewers or listeners or or whatever you want to call them followers um, you will not be able, you, you will not have a problem getting a certain caliber of guest on your show. Right. Which means that the competition to be that guest is a lot more intense. So all of a sudden, all of a sudden your seven figure marketing business doesn't really mean anything to that person anymore because they get pitched by seven figure marketing businesses like 12 times a week. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you have to all of a sudden start having different things on your resume that make you seem like even more unique of an individual than the other people who are the seven figure, right. you know what I mean? Marketers. So you bet like if you have a best selling book, don't, it shouldn't be an Amazon bestselling book. Like don't come pitch that person with an Amazon bestseller because those people can snip that out from a mile away. They know the difference between an Amazon bestseller and a New York times bestseller. And like they know the difference between a self-published book and a traditionally published book. Um, they, they know, they know all of the differences between like between a do follow link and a no follow link on your, you know, uh, uh, publication features or whatever it is that you've been featured on, like all the things that, that, that made you look awesome to this certain caliber of creator are not going to make you look awesome to this certain right. caliber of creator. So you either have to like do more things like, you know what I mean? Like you've great. You sold your seven figure business or eight figure business, go climb Mount Everest or something. You know what I mean? Like come right. back with something that makes you a little bit more unique and have a more unique resume or get to know the host of that show really well and add as much value to them as you can. Like that's really the only, the only two options there because you're not going to get, you're not going to get very far with a cold pitch because these people get hundreds of cold pitches every month. And a lot of them are just as good as you are. Um, so you're going to have to either make yourself seem even better or, have a unique relationship with that individual who's going to let you on the show. And I think of somebody like Aubrey Marcus who had a relationship with Joe Rogan before he was like Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan that we all, that we all know him today. And he's been on a show like, I don't know, a dozen times. Um, Joe is a partner in his supplement company on it. He does a bunch of sponsorship stuff for on it. He introduces on it to all of his like MMA friends and like com- uh, comic influencers. Like they all, do stuff with on it. And like all of that's through that relationship that Aubrey had with Joe and, and a lot of it en- enabled him to be like who he is today. And who's now himself, um, um, a New York times bestselling author and has been on shows like Tim Ferriss and on Joe Rogan and all these top shows that are out there. And, uh, it's because Aubrey's a unique, unique guy with a, with a really cool story that has a lot of knowledge around topics that most people don't have knowledge around. And so he gets those opportunities to be able to do that um, through the knowledge and the, the you know, uh, 
just uniqueness about him, but also he capitalizes on them um, and gets those relationships because of that. And that's why he was able to get on someone like Joe's show, Tim's show and other people like that um, because he has that uniqueness in his story um, and he has those relationships with those people. So you have that combination of those two things. There's, there's not many shows that don't want to have you on all of a sudden. That's awesome. Yeah. No, I mean, that's pretty much Evan's big takeaway from this story too, is in the background of this, it's all starting with, him connecting with someone from Charisma on Command, which is right. like the one of the biggest YouTube channels for, for sure. entrepreneurs and people who want to get better at speaking and sure. and um, having a presence on any kind of medium, and all of that happened just by that one interaction. So, yeah, that was his uh, his four tips for networking for introverts, and I know there was stuff in there that was helpful for me because I find myself all too often in the corner on my phone <laughs> trying to stay yeah. away from conversations. So, yep. Yep. A hundred percent. And if you're going to events, if you're going to events and you're not, and I know obviously this is kind of a different conversation around the COVID world, but, um, but assuming that we get back to being able to go to events sometime relatively quickly, um, if you're going to events and you're only coming away with knowledge, then I think that you're making a huge mistake because you can get the knowledge on any of these virtual summits and all these virtual retreats that everybody's doing. You can get the knowledge on a podcast like this or watching a YouTube channel. The reason to be at those events is because there's a ton of other people there who have very similar interests and worldviews as you have, obviously, because you're at the same event for the same type of people. So, um, the number one thing that you should be going to events for is those relationships and those connections, those opportunities to meet those people and not just the knowledge that you're going to receive through a speech or something or a keynote that you hear at one of those events. So it definitely, if you're going to an event, uh, uh, pick up some of these uh, tips that Evan uh, shared with us on our episode together. And I know that you will be happy that you did that. Thanks so much for tuning in guys. Uh, we'll catch you next time. If you have not done this yet, be sure to head over to, uh, uh, Apple podcasts, leave a quick rating and review helps us obviously get some feedback for the show, but also helps us with Apple's algorithm means the world to us. So, um, head on over, leave us a quick five-star rating review and uh, let us know how we can make the show a little bit better for you. And uh, we'll catch you next time here on the BYN Breakdown. Well, that's it for today's show. If you want more advanced networking strategies, as well as an instant network upgrade, then consider partnering with my BYN Inner Circle Mastermind. There are already dozens of high-quality entrepreneurs in the group. There's dozens of video lessons on networking. There's monthly calls. There's accountability crews and more, all for the low investment of just 99 bucks month. So head over to byninnercircle.com to jump in. That's byninnercircle.com. Thanks so much for joining us on today's show. See you next time. Remember to leave every relationship better than you found it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.